This is the Punk Show Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You are in Victoria? Victor- beautiful Victoria, B.C., the Garden City. The Garden City. <laughs> I like that. So um, you guys are coming up here on the 16th, uh, Melvin's Light, playing at Club 919. My first question for you, Buzz, is for those who may not know, what is Melvin's Light? Well, it's a different kind of thing for us. We did a record called Freak Puke. It sounds like what it is. Um, it came out uh, June 5th, I believe. Um, yeah, and we did it with a stand-up bass player instead of our normal setup, which is two drummers um, and a different bass player who sings. This time we did it with a guy named Trevor Dunn, okay. who I played with at Phantom Mouse. He also played in Mr. Bungle and a wide variety of other jazz bow type of things that he does. So I've known Trevor for a long time. We wanted to do this record. We thought it would give it a different twist, and it's as well as what we already do with the Melvin, you know. Okay, fair enough. So people can't can't seem to get their head around the fact that we're going to do both. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know why. Well, fair enough. Maybe some people are scared by the the term light. They think you're going to come out there and uh, and play folk songs or something. I hope so. <laughs> I hope that's what they think. And then when they come, they'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so, Trevor... Yeah, I mean, eventually people are going to figure it out. It's just, the only reason they're, they're weirded out by it right now is because they don't know what it is. All they have to do is go online, they can hear the song. You know, everything's there, and not to worry, nothing to be scared of. <laughs> um, like the first time you tried to drink a beer. Exactly. thought it was going to be weird, and it actually ended up being fine. And Trevor plays an upright bass, like you said. That, that's he, that On the entire album, it's an upright bass as well, right? Yes, there's no electric bass at all on the album, none whatsoever. It's mic'd, and then we ran some effects to it and stuff like that after 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 the fact, but it didn't, didn't even go into an amplifier. Why did we use an amplifier? Simple, so you can hear it a little better with the pickup on the bass. But uh, it's not a. Um, uh, it's not how we recorded it. You know, a lot of people think it's electric bass on there. It's not at all. Yeah, I, I listened to I've listened to that whole, the whole album a couple of times now. It's, it really is growing on me, and it almost it almost sounds like there's weird strings and stuff. But I assume that's all just sounds that he made with his bass. Is that correct? Yeah, that's it. That's all sounds he made with his bass. Very very good. Yeah. yeah. Um. You, so people are going to hear regular Melvin stuff at the, the show on the sixteenth as well. Regular Melvin stuff with the stand-up bass, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we're doing we're doing other Melvin songs and stuff like that stuff that would work with the stand-up. We got a nice little over an hour set that we got worked out. It's good. It's 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 a really good addition to what we always do, you know. And you streamed Freak Puke uh, online. Maybe it is still streaming. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, so people could hear the whole thing before it actually got released. Do you like that idea? Do you... What? <laughs> what people were listening to? Are afraid? you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. I, I, you know, I mean, if people want to hear it, it doesn't take two minutes for you to find something online. You know, fair enough. That's the the, the massive exchange of information now is bigger than ever. This is very true. You know? Well, actually, that, I like it. it, it I'm kind of well, into that. You know, yeah, I am too. And uh, I, I actually I, I kind of stole this next thing from another interview with you, but I, I thought it was Uh-oh. really kind. Of, uh, yeah, sorry. You said something that I thought was really cool. You were talking about how basically in the music industry these days, you know, everyone can now put their music out to, to everyone everywhere all the time. But you see sort of a future where it's going to become more of a boutique, I think was the quote that you used, a boutique situation where people will be more interested in the hands-on stuff. I think so because, I mean, look, computers are relatively anonymous, you know. Mm-hmm. They're little machines sitting in your house, you know. Um yeah, you can listen to music, and that's all great. You can read about news, and you can find out about bands. And you can see touring schedules, and you can hear music. Uh, and that's all going to affect 
how many actual physical copies can be sold. Uh, that will happen. But it'll also make it to where things that, that you can put in your hand that are odd, you know, like, a, you know, a strange vinyl packaging or weird releases and stuff like that will become more interesting, you know, because that's not something you can download. So you can download the music, which really is the most important thing. The most important thing here, and as long as everybody understands this, is what we're doing musically. The vehicle with which it's on is little or no consequence, you know? Fair enough. I believe mm -hmm. that there are people out there who want to buy and possess things. We always have, you know, hunter-gatherers, I, I suppose, when it comes to that kind of thing. Now, that's not going to be millions, you know, but it will be enough to where we can still continue to do what we're doing and make it interesting. You know? That's it. Yeah. That's the whole thing. That's my whole philosophy and all that. So we, we, shoot, we shoot for a small number of things, and, and, and those, those you have to pay for, but you also get to buy a little piece of art, you know. But it's not free. The music's free. Like I said, from the beginning, what everybody seems to miss is that the music is the most important thing. Not the packaging, not the rep that's on vinyl or CD. The music itself is important. That's the communication part of it, you know. Well, I'm a, I'm a vinyl-collecting nerd, and uh, the Melvins, I mean, are one of my favorite bands, but your, your band is a, is a blessing and a curse for people like me because... You've got all this great stuff to collect, but there's so much of it. I've, I've, I've got to take out a second mortgage. Good. That's what we like. You know? <laughs> more is more. You know? Now, are you, a, are you a vinyl collecting guy? Is that why the inspiration to, to, to put out all these really cool uh, packages and stuff? I'm not a vinyl collector. No. You know, I'm a music collector, and I don't really care what format it's in. You know? um, uh, I think MP3s sound really shitty. Uh, MP4s are a little better. But if I really want something, I want a physical copy of it, you know, not just store it on a hard drive to me. I like the MP3s uh, aspect of an iPod because you can carry your entire record collection with you. and It sounds okay. It's basically like the way the modern day version of the cassette tape, you know, you know how you had a record and you put it on a cassette. It didn't sound as good, but you still had it because it was convenient. You know, that's, that's kind of the way I view all that stuff. But I'm not a vinyl collector. Uh, um, there are a certain amount of people out there who do collect those sorts of things, and I guess that that's our target. I, I like art and things like that, and, I, and I, I think it's really cool for a band like us to do things that are, you know, physically challenging to make and then, and then you know, and cost, cost a little more for people because of the extra effort that we put into it. First and foremost, the music is free. Really? Right. It's free. <laughs> that's the important thing, and people lose sight on that. You guys are being mean by not making this a regular release. I go, look, the record is free. What more do you want me to do, you know? <laughs> But no, no, it's free, and I just have to stop them at that. Look, I'm not listening to any more of your griping. You can get it for nothing, <laughs> you know, or next to nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I don't really want to hear that. We well, should put out regular, regular. Look, first off, the music industry is over. It's done. I don't have a warehouse that I can store thousands of albums to, 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 to put out there. There's also no record labels that are going to do it. But if I turned over my hard-made, uh, uh, fantastic music to a label who's going to put it out and sell as many as they can, then they just won't pay me. <laughs> I'm not about to do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not stupid. You know? Fair so enough. sure, you can go the indie route. There's very few indie labels out there that I would trust with anything. Who? Ipecac pays us. You know, but the writing's on the wall. It's done. Yeah. That's what people don't get. It's over. 
I can't make 10,000 albums and then dole them out as be as needed because where am I going to put those things? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy a warehouse to store this stuff so I can make somebody happy. (laughs) The music's already free. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's our whole point. Uh, It makes total sense to me. That's it. Yeah. People can't seem to get their heads around it. It's over. It's not 1990. (laughs) It's over. The genie's out of the bottle. It's done. You know, don't, you cannot think the music industry in terms that you did 20 years ago. If you do, then you're the fool, you know. I prefer to move on instead of dying like the dinosaur. I liked what you said about uh, about indie rock and indie labels uh, having too many rules, and it kind of seems like they're shooting themselves in the foot on the brink of this, oh, yeah. whole, well, this whole music industry, you know, collapse, if you will. None of them are willing to do the kind of work that we are with, with AMRAP, certainly not. No way. They don't have to do, do, do this much stuff and put out this many cool things and, you know, do the, the, you got to remember, none of our stuff is even going to a store, you know? Ipecac it does, but none of the AMREP stuff goes to a store. Not one. It's Not one online. single store buys any of this stuff. Not because we wouldn't sell it to them, but if, we, if, they, if they, they want us to sell it to them half price, why should I do that? You know, I'm having no problem selling them, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't care about any of that stuff. And if we did that anyway, the people at those stores would simply take that stuff and sell it on eBay. That's what they would do. Yeah, so I have zero sympathy for any of them and and, and whatever it is, they're, the way, woes they're going through. They could easily buy our stuff. We would happily sell it to them. But why should I give them a deal? You know? I see no reason to do that. I'd rather just have people come straight to us and buy it. Like I said, it's not going to be millions. We have to be realistic. If there's one thing I am, it's realistic. I understand my lot in life. I understand my place in the world. I better than anyone that I know. Yeah. You know? So we, we touched on sort of just uh, artwork and packaging and all that kind of stuff. Your wife um, did the cover art for Freak Puke, and I understand that she's done quite a bit of other stuff in the past for you guys. Yeah, yeah. We work extensively together. Is know? that right? Yeah, she's a graphic designer, and I think one of the best. And, and I'm surrounded by people that are really creative whoever they may be, be the, the musicians I play with or the people that I'm involved with. You know? I'm in a very good position as far as that's concerned. So I'm very happy about all of that, believe me. <laughs> you know? when, when you look at the, like, the imagery that is associated with the Melvins, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of flowers and children and puppy dogs and stuff. Is that, is, that all, is that all part of the Melvins' sense of humor where it's like here's this innocent-looking stuff with this heavy music behind it? Or? Yeah, that's part of it. You know? Yeah, Certainly, yeah, I would say. A lot of puppy dogs. Good. We like dogs. <laughs> you know, dogs dogs are man's best friend. There's a reason for that. That's true. There's a lot we can learn from a dog. So you guys, uh, I don't know if you've put much thought into this or care, but uh, you're coming up on a 30th anniversary here pretty soon. That's right. Um, is there plans to do anything special for that at all? Or We're going to do 30 shows at $30 per, <laughs> per person to get in. No, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. Fair we'll enough. put out 30 albums. I don't have any specific plans for anything good. It, Hold it, on one second. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, go ahead. No problem. Um, it really, you know, it's, it's, wor- it's worth talking about, though, that you and Dale have been working together for three decades, and you've kept yeah, up... Yeah, the better a, part of it. Yeah, and you've kept up this, obviously, a working relationship and a friendship, and unlike, I mean, sure, there's other bands that have been around as long or longer than you guys, but not too many bands that tour, you know, just relentlessly like you guys. How do you keep your relationship with him cool? You know what I mean? I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you wouldn't be cool with each other, but I'm just like, is there a secret to just sort of not driving each other totally nuts? 
well, you know, nails are pretty easy. You got to get along with when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. He trusts my vision, you know. We know what we're doing. I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain it. I mean, I, I, me, to be perfectly honest, I've always felt like you should be very center-minded in what you're doing. And nothing stand in the way of it. Whatever it may be, you know. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. And so as long as that's, that's the case. I mean, look, no one's more driven than me. No one's willing to work harder than I am. So I'm not asking people to do more than I'm willing to do. You know, I'm willing to do everything. You know, as far as that's concerned. But I, you know, look, I don't. I don't have any time for people that are fools. I don't have any time for people that are idiots. I have no no interest in, in dealing with regular rock type stuff. No interest, mm-hmm. none at all. You know, and uh, I don't view us as, as a band like that. I don't view us as a band that has any other brother bands. We're not part of anything, regardless of what we've been lumped into by anyone. I have no interest in any of that. I don't care about any of those sorts of things. All I want to do is work. That's it. I don't work like everybody else does. I have no interest. Zero, you know. My vision of what how the music industry is or how things should work is much different than everyone else's. You know, I don't care about lots of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. But that said, I mean, you can't deny just you you know the, the the influence that your band has had over the years and whether you choose to focus on it or not is one thing, but I mean, you know, there's it's it's kind of the elephant in the room, isn't it? I mean, it, you guys. Uh... I think it, I think it's relatively obvious that that's the case. Yeah. And I think that those people are right, and that we're a good band to be influenced by, uh, whether it's work ethic wise or musically or whatever it is. You know, I'm a hardworking guy who who uh, uh, really has this idea that what have you done lately? You know. And I and I think we look like we work hard simply because most musicians don't do anything. You know. Write eight songs every three years, you know? Yeah. That's not hard to do. I, I'm in the business, you know? I know how, I know what, I know what all that entails. Not a lot, you know? You know, so I, I think it, you know, we, we look like we're beavering away constantly, but we're actually just working normally to me, you know? Because compared to everybody else, it looks like we are. We're just going crazy working, you know? You know, compared to lots of bands, we are. Mm-hmm. But that's only when you compare us to them, not to regular working folks. You know, there's a band from Victoria that you kind of it, it, not not music style wise, but you remind me of a little bit as far as just that work ethic and stuff. Uh, called No Means No, they've been around for thirty plus years as well, and they're the same two guys, and they've been just slogging it out, and they've they've never really been interested in mainstream success uh, on any major level, but they just keep pumping out great albums and touring all the time. I don't have a question attached to that. I just thought I would throw that out there. Oh, yeah, we're well aware of No, no Means No. Yeah. Have been since their inception. You know? mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, sure, there you go. Yeah. You know? I have no idea what motivates those people, but what I know is I want I want to make my living by music. I'm very single-minded in that approach. And I'm not going to do that by alienating our entire fan base. You know? Mm-hmm. I have to keep that in mind. You know? Um, here's a question. Do you, do you know whatever happened to that Mel van that was on sale on eBay? Yes, it did not sell. It didn't. I would venture. I would venture that no one that bid on it was even a real bidder. Oh, really? Well, they're asking yeah, like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for it or something. Yeah. Who's going to pay? The, who's going to pay that for it? You know, <laughs> obviously no one. <laughs> that's the, that's the answer you know? right there. Yeah, it's worth exactly what someone will pay you for it. That's true. They'll pay you nothing. It's worth nothing. I was uh, fishing around sort of an old gigography of, of your band. I don't know how accurate it was, but 
uh, right at the very beginning, sort of around uh, 84, 85, when you were just starting to tour, if you look at the list of gigs, it was like uh, Seattle, Tacoma, Seattle, Spokane, you know, Kirkland. And then all of a sudden, Calgary, Alberta popped up in there. Was that a sort of a your first foray across the border? Do you remember that? That's a long time ago. Well, we played in Vancouver a lot. Remember, those lists aren't complete. Fair know? enough, yeah. I mean, I certainly don't know all of that. Um, we were friends with a band called Beyond Possession or Long Dead. Okay. I think in the, you know, 84 to 86 era. I don't know what happened to any of those guys. I have no idea. But we would sometimes go up to, we went up to Calgary once and played there. Uh, at, I can't remember the name of the place. It was like a week long. And then we went to Winnipeg and played there. And we played them in Vancouver. Um, that was it. Well, we played in Edmonton, too. You got to remember, at that point, um, not a lot of people had a whole lot of interest in what we were doing. You know, we were playing stuff that was mainly akin to what was on our first record, and what people, certainly in those towns, were wanting to hear was something that was much more like regular type of punk rock sounding stuff. You know, and that was not just in Canada; it was everywhere. You know, so we 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 were very you know, single-minded in that approach, and that we I knew what we were doing was right, you know, and that there was something to it. But, you know, you didn't have, you know, sometimes trudging that kind of road is a pretty lonely place to be, you know. But I wasn't, as it turns out, I wasn't wrong. We're, you know, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, our stuff has influenced everyone in the entire planet. <laughs> there's no There's no area of the globe that hasn't been touched by what we've done, you know. Whether they know it or not. You know, sort of like the person in, you know, the the, the Wright Brothers in the Invented Airplanes, you know? <laughs> but it goes everywhere. And not everybody looks at it from that perspective, but it's simply the truth. You know, the hybrid of what we were doing with, with regular mu- punk rock and rock music was certainly the future, unbeknownst to the people that couldn't have cared less at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the way that it is. And it was a long time before it actually took off, you know? And then, but I wasn't wrong, so that's all, that's all good. You know, we're we're like the Captain Beefheart of heavy metal. That's what we are like. That's what we are doing. <laughs> Captain Beefheart never had massive success. Never. I think he should have. I think we should sell millions of records. I'm not trying not to. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a should, and there and then, and then there's what is. You know, what is is a very much very much a different thing. Oh well, I don't care. Right. I can't be concerned about that. You know. In, in some ways, though, I mean, you're going to go, you know, I think the Melvins are going to go down historically as a much more important band than, than any of the bands that may have made millions of dollars and gone on to huge success after you guys started. Do you know what I mean? And I think that, that remains to be seen. It remains to be seen. But, I mean, would that, are you happy with that idea? Uh, honestly, I couldn't care less about that. Yeah. You know, um, you know uh, legacy and all those kinds of things. I, you know, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. I just think about what I'm doing now. In hindsight, all that stuff is important. But how important? You know? Is it okay for the Rolling Stones to not have put out a good record since the mid-70s? <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> not to me, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I love all that stuff. But the idea that they never put out another good record after some girls, to me, is just atrocious. It's hideous. That's not me. That's not what I want. You Tattoo know? You wasn't that bad. Excuse me? Tattoo You wasn't that bad, was it? 
Uh, I thought it was atrocious. Really? Oh, absolutely. What, emotional rescue? Is that next? <laughs> no, I didn't buy it. Some Girls to Me is a good record. The rest of them are crap. My point being that they haven't done anything good since then. Mm-hmm. I understand. That's not me. That's not what I want to do. Right. You know? I think our new music is as relevant as anything we've ever done. And we're not going through the motion. You know? Um, you do a very nice cover of Let Me Roll It, the Paul McCartney tune. We do. Uh, yes, we do. Really like it a lot. And, and you know, the Melvins are no stranger to doing covers. No, uh, we love covers. What uh, What's involved in, in deciding what songs to to redo? Hmm. Well, um, I guess you kind of just have to figure if you can do a good version of it or not. That one seemed like like we could do something with it. And I playing around with that riff. And I saw him play it live. And it was good. So I thought, let's give it a shot. You know, that was it. Fair enough. It's a great song. It's a great song. I'm not a huge fan of his. You know, certainly the Beatles, he's my least favorite Beatle. Right. But there's no denying his musical talent. Just I don't necessarily like it. I'm not a fan, by and large. You know, but he has a few gems that certainly come out that I don't have any problem liking. That's fine, Mm -hmm. you know. Like a lot of his other stuff I couldn't care less about, you know. So you're not going to do silly love songs next then, probably? Well, you never know. One never knows with us, you know? <laughs> you, know? you know, honestly, I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't even comprehend what goes to a guy like that's head on a daily basis. No, who knows, you know? Yeah. It's really not about money, but it seems to be that's all it is. You know? I don't know. Something different. My wife says one of my problems is that I think of things logically. Uh, there are answers out there that have nothing to do with logic. You know? That's one of my big big uh, downfalls is not understanding the weaknesses of others. I wasn't going to bring this up, but uh, but then this morning in the news, which I do in the mornings, uh, another earthquake in New Zealand this morning, not such a big one. Oh, yeah, I didn't hear that. Yeah, there was. It, apparently no no damage or injuries or stuff like that, but it was... Uh, Where? Uh, Wellington. Oh, right across, the, right across the water. That's right. From uh, Christchurch. Yeah, so... Um, you know, some people may not know the story, but you guys were there last year when that huge one happened, and then you were also yes, we were. in Japan as well. Yes, we were. Two I, in a row in about two weeks. Well, that must have been pretty freaky. I've also been through big earthquakes in California. So yeah. we've been through we've been through uh, massive earthquakes in three separate parts of the world. I think that's a record, you know? <laughs> that's got to be some kind of club, right? Yeah, yeah, the last so. one in Japan, tens of thousands of people died. Yeah, it's awful horrible it's not the kind of thing you get over right away believe me i'm still not over it you mm-hmm. know it's horrible i don't want to go through that i live in los angeles it's just a matter of time before we go through another one does stuff like that um you know put a dent in, or not not put a dent but does it give a little bit of give you a little bit of fear as far as traveling and stuff like that i've never liked traveling you know no no not at all you know uh traveling is the worst part of the job going to places is fun but by and large, Nick Cave has a good expression of being on tour. You want to go out and do all these things, but what you end up doing is sitting at a hotel and staring out into the middle distance. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. How do you travel now? Do you have a you have a van? We travel in a wide variety of ways. Um, on this tour, we'll mostly be driving. Right. You know, um, it depends on what we're doing. We don't really take big buses. I prefer hotels. You know. Things like that. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know? Look, I'm when I'm working, this is what I'm doing. I'm working. These are jobs. Yeah. I go out and make and do my job every single night, you know. 
And that's the most important thing for me on tour. Not sightseeing, none of that stuff. Quite honestly, I really couldn't care less, you know? Uh, the band that's opening for you in Victoria is called Retox. Is that a, was that handpicked by you guys? Yes, we always pick the bands that play with us. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't stand leaving things like that to chance. Yeah. Well, I've noticed when when sort of bigger bands come through town, um, either one of two one of two things happens: either they bring their own opener or they get someone local. And sometimes getting somebody local is not always the best idea. It's never a good idea. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're getting, and uh, a lot of times they're assholes. Yeah. And they're no good. To boot. <laughs> yeah. uh, what else? I was going to ask you, are you a social media guy? Do you do the Twitter and no. Facebook stuff? No? No, I have no interest. Who handles the Melvin's Facebook page? Um, I'm aware of all those sorts of things. Right. But I personally am not on them. No. The Melvin's are. Yeah. You know, but, um, and I have something to do with all that stuff, but as far as my own social media media going, no, not at all. You know? I mean, Dale does most of that stuff. Or overlooked it, but you know, believe me, I understand the worth of all those kinds of things. I just don't look at it on a personal level. The people that I'm friends with now are the people I've always been friends with. You know, the friends I had in high school, I still have. That's rare. I mean, I, you know, if I have a friend, I care about them greatly, and I don't take it lightly. I expect a lot out of them. I expect them to be friends too. You know, you know, I don't have a lot. I have a lot of casual acquaintances and very few friends. You know, good. <laughs> I don't have time for that kind of crap at Twitter and things like that. You know, as far as the band goes, it's great. But on a personal level, this seems like it reminds me of something. What is it? Oh, yeah, a waste of time, you know? You're busy enough with all, without all that other crap on top of it, too, right? I mean, uh, You know, I just couldn't be bothered, yeah. you know? I mean, uh, for the band, it's a great thing. Twitter, we don't do. I don't know, maybe we should. I don't know. I don't know much about it. Just, you know, Facebook gets out as much as we need to. We can put our tour dates in one spot and it works really well you know? yeah and then there's a guy that runs the melvins.net which is a fan website mm-hmm. he does an extremely good job and we're really friends with him good friends with him but i really don't have much to do with the content of that i have nothing to do actually with the content of that you know i don't have it let, let it have its life of its own you guys didn't really play here in victoria too much back in the day did you it was most we have played there you, i know you have played before but uh it wasn't as much of a sort of regular stop as say vancouver or 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 whatever. Not at all. Very right. The game you have to get to exactly. Um, um, uh, we played there in '86 or in '86 with Killdozer, believe it or not. Oh, right on. Okay. Yeah. Killdozer and the Asexuals from wherever they're from, somewhere in Canada. The, yeah, the Asexuals. I think they're from Calgary, actually. Maybe. No, I no. think they're from. They're, they're I think they're uh, French Canadians, I believe. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I may be wrong about that. They weren't very friendly to us. Uh, no. <laughs> Not in the least. I don't think they liked opening for us. So. I see. But, uh, oh well. Yeah, oh well. Uh, I honestly don't remember that that much. I remember them playing, but, you know, as far as, like, how good they were or what was going on. And then you played here. an impression, so I don't really have any any concept of it. You know? I no, may have missed them playing. Actually. You know, I think, I think I saw their name recently. I think they were part of some reunion. You're right. They are from Montreal, I think. And there was some big, big reunion uh, word punk fest thing. I remember some of them... Uh, were spoke regular English, and some of them had a severe French accent. So I just assumed <laughs> that's a pretty good. That assumption. may be that may be wrong too. I don't know. Maybe somebody was with them. I, uh, you know, honestly, it was a long time ago. Fair enough. Um, a lot of those kinds of things, I prefer to not be correct. Not you, but in normal normal situations, I prefer to not be corrected because I like to remember things in my own way. Oh, I understand. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't mean this situation, but a lot of times it's like I'll, I'd just I'd prefer.
prefer to, even if it's wrong, to remember things the way that I that I like, as opposed to the way that everyone else might, as as opposed to the truth. Yeah, no, I totally hear you. It's better to have that. The truth uh, does not set you free <laughs> in, in very rare occasions. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. I think that's really all I have, Buzz. Great. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. We can't wait to come to. Victorian play. It was a last-minute show. We added it. That was the last show we added for the tour. Yeah, I know, and uh, we're all totally thrilled about it. I know it's going to sell out for sure. And uh, are well, you going to we'll have? See. Are you going to have any vinyl for sale at the gig? We have no not, no products like that for sale in Canada because it's impossible to get it here. Oh, pain in the ass. Send stuff to Canada. I'm sure it's as bad as you guys send stuff to the U.S. You know? Yeah, it's pretty. It's ridiculously expensive, and then it gets held up at the border all the time and all that. I crap. certainly can. Yeah. So the, the idea of me sending. A bunch of stuff up here to not make it. <laughs> you know, I'm just happy we're playing at all. Yeah. In Canada, you know. See, I think America and Canada are the two biggest, most paranoid countries on earth. Oh yeah. And we should both. And it's no different for you guys coming to the U.S. You know. Mm-hmm. We should. Why that is the case? I could add ten shows to every tour I do. It was just simply an easier task going there and back. Yeah. You know? But it's not. Therefore, our change of culture, even though you guys are the biggest, you buy more products from America than any other country. Yeah. You know? And we, you know, we, we are basically the same place as far as, as far as all of that goes. Yet, but culturally, uh, as far as the exchange of artistic information is, 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 is a massive roadblock. And that's just crazy. And you're certainly crazy. not the first person that I've heard say that either. Um, no, no, not at all. And it's on both years. sides. Yeah. Look, that's the thing. For years, especially living in Seattle, I knew a lot of Canadian bands that came down. It was a massive pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. It's not just going into Canada. It's ca- Canadians coming to the U.S. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know? Why? There's no reason for it. Absolutely none. Do you think that if we go to all the, the trouble of going all the way to Seattle from L.A. to play a show, I wouldn't go to Vancouver? Of course I would. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't a pain in the ass. I'd do it way more often, you mm-hmm. know? Or wow. Montreal, Toronto, we could add all those easily, you know? Great places to play. It'd be, it'd be wonderful. But that's not the case. It ha- can only happen ever so often. Well, we're a harbor for terrorists up here, though, Buzz. Don't you know that? A what? We're, we're a harbor for terrorists up here. Yeah. Well, what's your, what, 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 what's your excuse for having us come up there? <laughs> <laughs> you know? This time we didn't have too bad of a trouble, you know? I understand it's not the people that work at the border. It's, it's you know, and... and and I'm sure most of those people are fine. It's just policy. Policy, generally speaking, a lot of people get thrown under the bus. You yeah, know? yeah. So I'm not into it. Fair enough. They keep, and they keep talking about relaxing all the rules, and they never really do. Not in my lifetime, they haven't. No. I've been you know, dealing with going back and forth. And like I said, it's no different coming down here. You know, it's the same story both ways. So I'm not blaming one or the other. I think they're both equally stupid, you know. On, the, on that, I think there's absolutely no argument. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Totally. You know, you know. Oh, well. Anyway, thank you for the interest, and I can't wait to come there and play. I appreciate your time, Buzz. Thank you. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, bye-bye. Okay, bye. This has been the Punk Show Podcast. If you'd like to hear more, including kick-ass punk music, go to thezone.fm slash punk. Oh, yeah. And be sure to check out the Punk Show on Facebook and Instagram.